0: I was a child when you took me.
1: I saved you.
0: No, we were happy on my home planet.
1: You were going to bed hungry, scrounging for scraps. Your planet was on the brink of collapse. I'm the one who stopped that. You know what happened since then? The children born have nothing but full bellies and clear skies. It's a paradise.
0: Because you murdered half the planet.
1: A small price to pay for salvation.
0: You're insane!
1: Little one, it's a simple calculus. This universe is finite. Its resources finite. If life is left unchecked, life will cease to exist. It needs correcting.
0: You don't know that.
1: I'm the only one who knows that. At least, I'm the only one with the will to act on it. (laughs) Nice. Well done. (laughs) I guess.
0: (laughs) Today, uh, we are talking about... The Marvel Cinematic Universe, specifically the Infinity Saga. Welcome to Pop Culture Catechism, conversations about music, movies, and the longings of the human heart. Let's get started. What does it mean to be a hero? What does it mean to be good? What does it mean to have ideals and to be idealistic? How do you know how to choose right from wrong? Do you judge it just based on what your best estimate of the consequences are going to be? Or do you, you appeal to some ideal? Do you just try to make the best decision based on your heart? Or do you try to think it through? What if you have to compromise some of your values to do what you think? is right? Is it more important to do what's practical or more important to do what is altruistic? And what if the people you normally look to to provide that guidance turn out to be people you can't trust or turn out to be institutions that you can't trust? What if you faced betrayal? And what if the people who you really value and really respect and are your friends think you're doing it wrong and you can't seem to come to an agreement? Today, we are talking about the Infinity Saga, the first, I think it's 20 movies.
1: So many movies. <laughs> so <laughs> many movies, and we're not
0: going to talk about all of them. We'll probably do future episodes focusing on an individual ones, but we're talking about the Infinity Saga and the, oh, the overarching themes that we see. So we're probably, I think we're going to focus in on Iron Man, Captain America, and Thanos are kind of like our key our are, are, are key themes that we're going to focus on today. Um, so I am here with the founder of Awakened Catholic, Nick De La Torre, my good friend, who has been on many episodes. We did The Matrix together. We did Lincoln Park together. We did Spider-Man together. We did um, God of War, God of along War, with, uh, with Taylor Schroll, t- 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 yeah. and we did Avatar, um, oh, man. the yeah. most recent Avatar. Yeah. Movie. So I am here recording episodes with him at the newly revamped Awaken studio and Awaken theater in this space. And, uh, we had some events over the past few days, Christopher West, Mike Mangione, and I've been here recording a bunch of stuff. And so we're doing an episode together. If you don't know who I am, I am Mike Tenney. I am a Catholic speaker and worship leader from Washington, D.C. I spent over a decade teaching Catholic high school theology and then trying to make it big as a rock star at night. Now I'm blessed to speak to thousands of people each year at events all over the place and as a worship leader and through this show, Pop Culture Catechism. This is Pop Culture Catechism, the gospel according to pop music and movies and where we take a look at the media that you're plugged into. So then when we're done, you can unplug and go out in the real world and actually know God's love and live God's love and share God's love with other people in real practical ways. So that is our promise for you. By the end of this video, you're going to have some ways today to go out in the world and very practically live the gospel and live God's love and know God's love in your own life. I want to give a special thank you to our patrons who make this show possible through popculturecatechism.com and the Awaken Catholic app. And, also, our sponsor, Catholic whose swag Nick designed and is wearing, and it's <laughs> yeah. super—it's uh, super cool. This so, particular uh, design
1: I didn't do. You didn't do this, but I did this Yeah, but I did do a cool. bunch of them. You did do a yes. bunch from
0: the yeah, Sophia, our, our graphic designer, who does a bunch of our visuals and websites and yeah. stuff. She did it. Super talented. So, yeah, you can all—all all that. One hundred percent of the proceeds benefit Awaken Catholic and Pop Culture Catechism and the other shows on Awaken Catholic. So. Nick, I know who you are. Uh, viewers of the show who have uh, watched more than a few episodes probably know who you are, but very briefly, mm. tell us about uh, what's up and, and, and what you're doing.
1: I am a man and a guy and a dude, and I'm hungry. <laughs> I am not hungry at all. We just yeah, had a huge had fish had dinner. Huge fish dinner. Friday yeah. 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 Wow. Mm. That was probably the biggest fish I've ever consumed you in my did life. have a big fish. It was massive. Uh-huh. Yeah. But no, I um, man, I, honestly, though, there's a lot to what I just said that is true i'm just a dude you know I'm, I'm just a guy that's trying his best to follow the lord and um and help other people discover the treasure i found mm-hmm. in the lord and and in the catholic church and yeah, awaken mm-hmm. to the call that god has for them yeah. yeah
0: well and that's that's what i've come to know in you. and as as we've developed uh friendship and also professional relationship over the past few years like first just it was struck by your your talent and your your holy ambition for for mission and for the lord and the kingdom uh but i've also come to just know you as just a good dude man <laughs> you are a good <laughs> dude i love you a lot i love good you friend. too man so, yeah um now something exciting that you have been doing when we first or well you really first started away in catholic you had the idea that it was mainly going to be an events thing yeah. parish missions and stuff and because of covid that kind of didn't happen but the last few months We've been doing it.
1: Yes, we've been doing it. Finally, back to it. I've
0: done a parish mission. I got another one coming up next month. And you've been doing a few. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and then here in house. Finally. Uh,
1: So, yeah, I mean that was the heart of why we started it. And then you know the pandemic made a lot of people reassess their approach to whatever profession they were in. Yeah. Uh, and for us, you know, I had, I had t- talked to you about speaking for awakened events and when we had to recalibrate everything, I was like, Hey, what if you spoke into a microphone that was recorded instead of in front of an audience, you know? And here we are, here we are. <laughs> yeah. Yep. yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's really exciting to get back to the roots, but what I'm even more intrigued by is the reflection on how obviously the pandemic was a catastrophe in, in so many ways on so many levels. However, um, God still molded Awaken into something it wouldn't have been without the catastrophe. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. yeah.
0: I mean, here were were hundreds of thousands of downloads and views later. So, and that's just my show. Yeah, right, right, yeah. (laughs) Awaken has all his millions of views now, so.
1: Yeah, but dude, everything in life works that way, right? Mm -hmm. So, like, we literally murder God and he turns it into an amazing thing. Yeah. Right? My parents divorce I wouldn't have married my wife if it weren't for my parents' divorce. But Dude. like any anything in our lives that we're struggling with, like God is going to bring something amazing out of it if we let Him.
0: You just went. You just you're preaching on on your own intro, man. We're not even into the topic. <laughs> I'm and you're so already sorry. You can tell he's been preaching parish missions, <laughs> can't you? So if you want if you want some of this hard hitting deep reaches into your heart and says, "Here, give it to Jesus," you need to you need to go to awakencatholic.org and. and Get a parish mission. Get Nick DiLatorio coming to Or Mr. Tenney. Yeah, 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 yeah. Good stuff. All right. So, uh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It started, I think, in 2008 with Iron Man and the Hulk. May 2009.
1: The yes, the Hulk. I, I don't. I so when you when you were describing the the main characters mm-hmm. we we're going to cover. Yeah. I I also kind of wanted to slip in. I, I do want to address the Hulk.
0: Okay, we can address we can address for the a hot Hulk second. A little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know you love Edward Norton and the Hulk. <laughs> yes, so. you do. Yeah. So. Uh, and then it spawned this cinematic universe of all these this crossover of various yeah. different movies in a way that had never been done before, and has kind of set the blueprint for. Well, I don't think anybody else has really done it successfully. Lots of people are trying to do it. Yeah. DC is trying to do it. There was like a monster cinematic universe yeah. that was trying to trying to happen, like the Mummy and the Dracula. Mu- exactly. And yeah. Yeah. Um, never quite got off the ground. But, the Invisible
1: uh, Man was part of that.
0: Mm, interesting. Yeah. So. But so it kind of changed the way cinema happened. And we've had all these for the past 15 years, just like superhero movie after superhero
1: movie. Yeah.
0: And uh, yeah, so we're going to talk about some of the, the the big things. So what what have been some of your favorite movies in that?
1: Well, I, I Edward Norton's Hulk was, uh, I mean, Iron Man is amazing. It, Man is so the, the original Iron Man that, that kicked it all off, like that movie is so funny. Mm-hmm. It is so action packed. Mm-hmm. And it really was like groundbreaking in, in so many ways. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think it was obviously ahead of its time in a lot of ways.
0: And marked Ed, uh, Robert Downey Jr.'s like, return to cinema after yes. he was in jail for drugs for like years.
1: His yeah. life was a dumpster fire, yeah. and he like rose from the ashes like a phoenix in this mm-hmm. incredible role yeah. of of uh, Tony Stark. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. So I love the original Iron Man a lot. But I also, it, it's criminal to me how underrated the Edward Norton uh, Hulk is because mm-hmm. there's there's so much we could do a whole series of episodes just <laughs> breaking down his performance of the Hulk in my opinion, but mm. um, yeah, I would say that that one's probably my second favorite, and then I would say Infinity War and Endgame are so the pinnacle good. to me. So, so yeah, the
0: fact that they were able to bring all this together, yeah, like and the fact that yeah amazing um i really like uh, yeah iron man hulk i haven't seen in long enough i need to i need to rewatch it and and see if it holds up we did my wife and i did a rewatch a few years ago of all of them but we we missed hulk because i don't think it was it wasn't like streaming or whatever we yeah were right on. so um uh, i like captain america a lot i like uh, thor a lot the first one black panther i think is really good Guardians mm. of the galaxy is really yeah good. um I really like Civil War. I think Civil War is really good. That's the the third Captain America movie, the first Avengers movie. Really really good. It was really good. And that was kind of the first glimpse that we got that like, oh, this could work. This crossover thing. Yeah. This could really work. Like it's amazing that it, they were able to, to to pull all that together and give everybody a character arc and I, I think Loki really helped with that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, so. Spider-Man
1: Far From Home uh that to me had it had a lot of issues that when i watched it the first time i all i all i came away with was that was awesome mm. the more i, I rewatched it and, and the more i saw people talk about it online i i did have to admit there were there were a few issues with it from a filmmaking standpoint is the second one no far uh if it is that's not what i mean i'm referring to the homecoming. last one oh no way home no way home yeah, that's so what i it meant Goes homecoming far from far home, from home no way, way home no way home is what i'm talking about yeah
0: the one which we did a whole episode on yeah yeah yeah
1: yeah, yeah. um that that movie is so fun. It's yeah. so good. Um probably the best example I've ever seen of fan service yeah. d- being done well, you yeah, know. For sure. Uh but yeah, I just wanted to add that to my list of favorites. Yeah,
0: that's true. I I sometimes forget that's part of the MCU. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, really, really good. Um and I love when Spider-Man shows up in Civil War. I yeah. think that's just it's it's really good. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Cool. Any ones you didn't like?
1: There is a lot happening in the Marvel Cinematic Universe that I now do not like. Mm-hmm. Um, so, not necessarily movies, but still a part of the MCU is, for example, She-Hulk.
0: Okay, well, that's Era 2. We're not talking. Oh, about era okay, two. you're we're right. Ta- you're, we're talking you're about You're totally right. Saga. We're I'm so sorry. Era, era 1.
1: I will say for so. Era 1, I don't think there was anything that I was, like, disliking.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Thor, the dark world always gets a bad rap Uh, on, on rewatching it recently, fairly recently. It's, it's not as bad, I think as as people say, uh, Thor and Loki together are just so good. And there's, there's, there's a lot of good stuff in that movie. Um,
1: Chris Hemsworth, that's his name, right? That plays yeah. Thor, mm-hmm. he is just so fun to have on screen. So fun. Similar to uh, the guy who plays Star Lord. Um, yeah, Chris Pratt. Chris Pratt, mm-hmm. he's so fun to have on screen. Like these these guys just make you have a good time. Mm-hmm.
0: The the second Guardians I thought was like me. It didn't really. Uh, it was
1: more so that yeah. Yeah,
0: it didn't really do a whole lot for me. Uh, yeah, but generally, I thought those movies were really good. I love Black Panther. Yeah. Um, I know a lot of people are down on Captain Marvel. I thought Captain Marvel was was decent. I did not love Captain Marvel. Yeah. I, I, I thought it was decent. I the, I love the 90s soundtrack. I thought it was so good. <laughs> so I, I,
1: I went into Captain Marvel without any bias or any like, I, people had been talking about it. I just avoided everything because that's actually how I generally handle movies that I'm excited for because mm-hmm. I don't, people just throw around all these opinions, whatever. Yeah. Um, within the first like two minutes, I was like, mm-hmm. is this real? Is this for real? Uh, that's there was this whole dialogue that took place in the context of I think they were sparring or something, and it was just so, in my opinion, subjectively, mm-hmm. I felt like it was not good.
0: Uh-huh. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to think of all the other early movies. Some some of the sequels, like Iron Man two and three, kind of blur together for me. And um,
1: oh my gosh, I love the. Um, uh, what is that guy's name? He was, he's been in like a ton of movies. Whiplash, Mickey Rourke. No, no, he's, yeah, I like him too, but, um, he played the Mandarin.
0: Oh yeah. Ben Kingsley. Ben Kingsley. Yeah, that's true. He His
1: Mandarin George. was so yeah. great. Yeah.
0: He's, I mean, he's like a world-class actor. He was, I think he's like knighted in England. He played Gandhi. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing actor. Yeah. Uh, and then the guy in Iron Man three who played um, Hammer, Jason Hammer, is that his name? I, f- I forget that actor's name. Sam. Uh... Anyway, he's really good.
1: He's a really good actor. Yeah, I don't remember.
0: All right, well, let's get into themes because there's there's so much. We kind of got we kind of got to keep on track here. Yeah, yeah. So I kind of wanted to focus on Tony, Captain America, and Thanos as like the core of this, and. Maybe if we want to come back later on another episode, some other time, there's there's so much here. We're trying to cram a lot. No, but it. I agree. Those are the three um, that
1: to me yeah. makes the most sense.
0: So, and, and here's kind of how I see it is Tony Stark is in some ways kind of an anti-hero a little bit. Like he's playboy philanthropist. He's kind of the bad, go- ba- the bad boy. He's the, the Raphael of the Ninja Turtles, you know, he's the rebel. And then you have Captain America, who's the Leonardo of the Ninja Turtles. He's, the stalwart one, the virtuous one, the idealistic one, Mm -hmm. the quote unquote leader, you know, but then Tony's kind of like the rock star (laughs) who like gets stuff done, you know? Um, and then, so I, I feel like there's, there's definitely this arc of Tony kind of moving from total selfishness, just like womanizer you know doesn't care about selling weapons to the scum of the earth you know
1: or was at least at best careless carelessly Carelessly. doing so not even realizing Mm -hmm. what that was really Mm happening that that was really happening yeah you
0: know the destruction he was causing just yeah you know i'm brilliant i'm rich and Yeah. yeah and then moving into a place of becoming a hero so let's talk a little bit about tony and then we'll talk about cap because cap kind of goes the other way
1: yeah even even the uh the journey towards having their superpower or their 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 special ability because in tony's example it really isn't a superpower other than the brilliance of his mind Mm -hmm. it's more just the way he leverages his science and engineering um but even change of character yeah so the way that they each arrive at this like new um ascension right so for for uh, Captain America, he gets the the serum, mm-hmm. and for Tony, he he invents the suit. But why did both things happen? There's a really interesting juxtaposition there. For Tony, he engineered the suit to save his own life. Yeah. Whereas Captain America, uh, Steve Rogers, he received the serum because he was interiorly willing to s- sacrifice himself to save other soldiers. Mm,
0: interesting. Yeah. Well. So here's, here's the other thing that's interesting for Tony, his transformation was not a technological one so much as an interior one. Like he had to see the harm that what he was doing was causing. Mm -hmm. He had to see the, the real human lives who were being impacted. And then he used his technology, which he already had and was developing to like the arc reactor, like he had already made an arc reactor and then he just redirected all that energy. But the, he already had all those resources at his disposal before he right. could have made Iron Man six months ago, but, he never, but he never would have thought of, it. but he never would have thought of it. So the change yeah. was interior, whereas Steve was already a hero inside, right? He was already willing to stand up for, uh, he gets in a fight and gets beat up. Because he's standing up for somebody's honor, like yep. some girl's honor, right? He already was the guy who was willing to jump on the grenade,
1: but had nothing. But
0: had nothing. Yeah. And so the transformation for him was he just needed to be equipped physically with with real physical things, but interiorly he already had it. He already had that virtue. Whereas Tony was equipped physically, mm-hmm. but had to be given the he had needed an an interior change. So, and I, I think that's very true of the spiritual life that and and just our, our regular lives that for some of us we have all the ingredients to do what god is calling us to do and to be the person that god's calling us to be exteriorly we have all the ingredients exteriorly we have we have uh, the resources to do it but it requires an interior change and sometimes that requires getting knocked off our high horse you know i think of saint yeah. paul yeah
1: yeah you know? 100% i mean how how much of history did not have the privilege of divine revelation, right? Um, if you weren't uh, a Jew, if you weren't an Israelite before Christ came, mm-hmm. like you just didn't have access. You didn't know about it. Um, but but even now, after Christ, like. How many centuries were there that people didn't have the easy access to Bibles because mm. they even if they had one they couldn't read it right? Like they were all that we didn't have the printing press until the 11th or 12th century, mm. um, and so we are like so spoiled right now. The oh gospel has reached every corner of the earth. We all have Bibles, likely in our homes, but if not in our homes nearby, you
0: can go on YouTube and get a master's of divinity. You know? Right? Yeah. Like you can study. You have more theology at your tips. There than are Catholic like any of churches the of the church, right?
1: everywhere. Yeah. You know, whereas before, like even within our country, Mm -hmm. initially it was largely more Protestant, and and you'd be hard pressed to find Catholic churches,
0: except in Maryland, Catholic colony represent. (laughs) (laughs) No, but yeah,
1: I mean, to to speak to what you're saying, like we we have everything we could possibly ask for. We uh, we just need the internal thing to happen. We need
0: the internal change and the internal guidance to point us in the right direction. Um, But also, there are some people that we overlook. Because they don't have the exteriors, but mm. they have every ingredient interiorly. And sometimes that's ourselves. We overlook the strength we have within ourselves because I don't have the money to do that. I don't have this yeah. to do that. I don't, I don't look, I'm not attractive enough to do that. I'm not well spoken enough to do that. But inside, you have everything you need. Mm. Right. And sometimes all you need is somebody to to to, to find somebody who. To to equip you, right? Mm-hmm. To, to, and you know, Steve wouldn't have found that if he didn't keep trying, right? Like the way the army found him wasn't just that they came across him. It was because he was breaking down every door, metaphorically, because it was strong enough to actually break down a <laughs> yeah. door. Um, he was trying to his best to, to, to go fight for the country, you know?
1: And he never and, gave up. And he never gave up. And it yeah. wasn't about vanity.
0: Mm-hmm. I could do this all day. Right. Yeah, like just that grit and determination.
1: He didn't want the glory. He just felt like this conviction to contribute. He yeah. wanted to help.
0: Mm-hmm. He wanted to, yeah, fight against evil and, and, and help people.
1: Like when we when we are constantly, like when we are incessant and we don't give up on endeavors, um, that doesn't mean the same thing as being virtuous, mm. right? Whereas for Steve Rogers, it was because- for us so often it's vanity for us it's it's got to happen my way it's got it's got to be the thing that i've been dreaming of it's mm-hmm. got to whatever for tony that's what it would have been right yeah. 100% yeah mm-hmm.
0: so then progressing a little bit in the movies they kind of take opposite paths because Steve has this great trust and belief in America, the American dream and truth, justice in the American way. He's like literally an action figure. He's literally captain America. And what happens in the second movie? What happens, Nick?
1: Well, he's betrayed. He's
0: betrayed. Yeah. Not only is his best friend, like the winter soldier, mm-hmm. you know, communist assassin, super assassin, but then also shield turns out to be Hydra shield. Turns out to be Hydra. The people he was trying to, you know, get to, to fight his, you know, enemy in the first film. Okay. But then Tony, because he starts to see the damage that he can cause. And then through the first Avengers movie, um, the threats that are out there. So like out of fear of himself from what he caused through Ultron, but also out of fear of, well, he, he creates Ultron out of fear of the attack from Loki and the army that he brings, Mm -hmm. which was sent by Thanos. And then because of fear of what happens with Ultron, he wants to submit to the Sokovia Accords, which will limit the Avengers and really rein in their own autonomy. Um, So interestingly the bad boy becomes the one who wants to submit to the higher authority, and the Boy Scout, Steve Rogers, (laughs) Captain America, becomes the one who is skeptical of authority and says, no, we we can trust ourselves, we can trust our own ideals, and we can trust our families, but we can't trust the institution. And Tony's there saying, no, we need the institution. You see what happens when we're left unchecked. We need the
1: institution. So, Nick. So, so, Tony wanted to protect the world from himself.
0: From himself and, and from, from them, right? Yeah. Um, but, al, but also from external conflicts. So, yeah. here's the question, Nick. We are Catholic. We are Christian. We follow one of the oldest institutions in the world, if not the oldest institution yeah. in the world, one of the biggest institutions in the world. Where do, where, do, where do we see this? Like, should we trust the institution? Should we trust our own, ourselves?
1: Well, it's such I a good question. I can trust you, right?
0: You can trust yourself, right? I'm, I can't guarantee that. No? Do you have a good heart? <laughs> can't we trust your heart?
1: I, I have an okay heart. You have an okay heart? I'm working on it. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> I, I th- for, for us as Catholics, you're right. Like, this is such a provocative and important question. Um, I would say, and, and it's a different question than what they face in the movie, okay. right? Because in the movie they are not faced with the dilemma of, do we trust this institution that was given to us by God? Okay, yes. Right? <laughs> True. So there is a significant difference there. It's a, it's a there. purely human institution. Right. Yeah. Whereas for us, it is a divine, in a sense, a divine institution that is full of humans. Yeah. Or it's made like up of divi- humans.
0: divinely instituted and... Yeah and protected and right but but run by humans. Exactly, you know? right? So
1: in the the council or the the accord of Sokovia, or whatever Sokovia it was called. Accords yeah. yeah mm-hmm. Um that was put together by a bunch of humans. Yep, the Catholic mm-hmm. Church put together by a bunch of Jesus, right? Yeah. Like a so bunch of Jesus, <laughs> Trinity? What? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so so huge difference there that is an important difference. Um but I would say You know, it's also interesting for me personally, because I do generally have a little bit of an innate distrust of institutions, generally. (sighs) You're such
0: a millennial. I know.
1: I'm the worst. (laughs) Um, With our church, my view is this. We need to properly understand what the church is and is not, Mm. and understand the authority of uh, found in the papacy and apostolic session for what it is and what it is not. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I would say, for example, let's say uh, some future pope, so that I'm being non specific about mm-hmm. any current or past situations, mm-hmm. let's say some future pope writes some encyclical where he helps to clarify confusion around a certain topic. Mm-hmm. I think we have a responsibility to trust that authority. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That same Pope says some stuff being interviewed on an airplane <laughs> that is <laughs> that is marginally confusion inducing <laughs> that is less authoritative. <laughs> uh, and so I think we need to to kind of judge it case by case, search cir- circumstance by circumstance. Mm-hmm. Um, who am I to judge, Nick? who exactly? <laughs> who am <I> to <laughs> <laughs> Love you papa. Love you papa.
0: <laughs> All right. <laughs> no, I think I think you're right. I think um there's so I think it takes some discernment, some prudence and I think It's, it's, if you, you can make two mistakes here, right? You can go to the extremes of, I just trust myself. I don't trust any institutions. Or you can just like blind obedience, Mm -hmm. right? And forget that we have a conscience, Mm -hmm. right? The, the, the church is not supposed, is supposed to help us inform our conscience,
1: right? But what we do with that conscience is of immense importance. Oh, for sure. Right? So, so look at the difference between St. Francis of Assisi and Martin Luther. Mm -hmm. Yeah. St. Francis receives this inspiration, rebuild my church. Mm-hmm. Um, there are problems in my church. Mm-hmm. Rebuild my church. And okay. what does he do? He creates the Franciscan order. Mm-hmm. He, he does some amazing things that actually have this echoing and immense impact on the church as a whole. Representing. Your repro- yeah, right now, there you go. In it, contrast, right Martin Luther sees things wrong with the church mm-hmm. and says, let's blow it up.
0: <laughs> a little more complicated than that, but yeah. No, yeah, but, but essentially... But ultimately, when, when the Pope... When he didn't get the response he wanted from the Pope. Yeah.
1: He's like the church. Grenade. Left,
0: the church left me. You yeah. Know? He's like, I didn't leave the church. So, the church left me. It's like, Well
1: So how does that relate to this? It's you know, we do have this conscience and so what can we do as laypeople when, when we're concerned about this thing or that thing? Mm-hmm. I would say start by talking to your pastor. I would say start mm-hmm. by writing a letter to your bishop. I would mm-hmm. say start, like, be proactive in a constructive way mm-hmm. towards a solution. Maybe get petitions signed or something, you know, mm-hmm. but, but do something that is non-rupturous, mm-hmm. something that doesn't divide further. You know, the, the whole notion of, uh, I think the word diabolic means to divide, mm-hmm. right? And so anytime that there is the fruit of, of an endeavor is further division, Religion, it's likely not holy spirit inspired. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So so that's how uh, to me this authority question like it, it kind of comes down to s- those things.
0: Mhm. Yeah, yeah. And and I know I know I have some uh non-catholic evangelical protestant listeners so uh just no, we're, we're speaking in very general terms here from a Catholic yeah. perspective.
1: You and know, it isn't to say that there weren't and aren't problems.
0: Yeah, yeah, Or that Leo X, who was the Pope at the time, wasn't kind of a, a jerk hole in some ways, you know, and probably could, could have handled things a lot better. Right. But um,
1: then, just from an objective standpoint, I mm-hmm. used to be Protestant. My wife used to be Protestant. I have mm-hmm. Protestant friends currently. Mm-hmm. My wife yeah. and I will still go lead worship at Protestant churches because mm-hmm. we love them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but from an objective standpoint, anyone watching or listening that isn't Catholic, like, wouldn't it be nicer if we were all one people? That'd be awesome. Right? And mm-hmm. so that's just like, when we, if I don't handle certain situations right with my wife or mm-hmm. in, in, in our household, yeah. my kids are going to yeah. be impacted by that. And their kids are going to be impacted by yeah. that. And their kids are going to be impacted by that. And so from an objective standpoint, it sure would have been nice if things could have played out differently with yeah. Luther, mm-hmm. right? Because we could all maybe still be one.
0: Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. And there, there has been some, the church has made some good progress in the last few years. Like there was a, I think they call it like the joint document on or the joint declaration on justification. And like, uh, like one of the big, the big groups of Lutherans, there's a few different congregations of Lutherans, but one of the big groups of Lutherans and the Catholic church. And I think there's, there's a few different congregations of Methodists that have also signed on to it, basically saying like, Hey, what we mean when we say justified, like justified by faith versus justified by, by grace and was faith involved works. And what's, what's that interaction. Um, they basically come to say that, together and say fundamentally, we're saying the same thing here, kind of like the the Catholic and the Orthodox say with, um, you know, does the Holy Spirit proceed from the Father through the Son or from the Father and the Son? Like, it kind of is like, it's, we're more or less saying right. The same We're in the ballpark. Thing. We're in the ballpark, <laughs> and like there's, you know, there's some theologians that can work out the intricacies yeah. of this. Like, and so there has been a real healing there. Yeah, um, yeah. And uh, I've
1: even had some dialogues that surprised me <laughs> mm-hmm. with how much overlap there was in some of some of the what started out as disa- what seeming mm-hmm. disagreements. Yeah. Like I, you know, there was a point at which I was challenged uh, by a non-Catholic. Friend on purgatory, yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, as we as we navigated that conversation, and they came to understand more what the church actually mm-hmm. teaches, I came to understand what their teaching was, yeah. what their belief was. What really came to the surface is we actually don't disagree on yeah. what the premise of this is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But but there is a bias against the terminology. Yeah,
0: for sure. So uh, N.T. Wright, who's a uh, probably the most famous New Testament scholar in the world, he's an Anglican bishop. Tom Wright, he also goes by. Um, he has a book where he's he's writing about Benedict the Sixteenth, who was our our last Pope, writing on purgatory, and he was like this, like th- this is fine, <laughs> you know, like he's basically saying like what he what he's describing here as purgatory, like. That's legit, you know? Yeah. So there's been a lot of of area of coming back together. Yeah. We're kind of off into the weeds here. Let's get back to- yeah. the, uh, No, it's good stuff, but let's get back to to Captain America and Tony, because we haven't even gotten to Thanos yet. So we <laughs> got to get to Thanos. So all of this disagreement and these these diverging arcs between Cap and Tony end up culminating in Civil War, where they actually come to blows- and then it causes this fracture. We're, we're talking about like a schism.
1: Yeah. But, oh, wow. Look yeah, at that.
0: Brought it full circle. Holy right? spirit.
1: Praise be to God. Yep.
0: So it brought, actually brought a schism.
1: And it between, had to do, it, its origins had to do with believing in an institution.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Look at that. For sure. Yeah. So there's a schism between within the Avengers and some of the Avengers go off and follow Cap. Some of the Avengers go off and follow Tony, uh, which leaves the world largely unprotected when it comes to Thanos. Um, oh, Doctor Strange is really good too. Yeah. I forgot to mention Doctor Strange. <laughs> We're probably forgetting entire like series yeah. of movies in here. <laughs> so now Thanos comes up and there's a really interesting, so let's finish talking about Tony and Cap here because okay. Tony's arc I feel like comes to completion in a really satisfying way. Oh yeah. In- Infinity War, because what what does Steve say to him in the first Avengers? Well, really, Endgame, too. In Endgame, yeah, yeah, Endgame. Um, I kind of talk about those as one. Yeah, sure. Um, but what Steve says to Tony in the first Avengers is, you're not the guy to make the sacrifice play. You're not the guy to jump on the grenade. Oh, yeah. Right? He says that to him. He's like, you're, you're just not that guy. But he turns out... To be that guy. Mm-hmm. By the end, mm-hmm. he's the guy who actually puts on the gauntlet yep. and makes the sacrifice play.
1: Such a great arc. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. And and so, Cap's arc is not not is is also uh, really interesting because he learns to his, his idealism become, he's, he's a little, a little, I would say maybe, maybe a little overly fanatical with his idealism and a little blind and maybe naive mm-hmm. with his idealism. Just like, I could do this all day, you know? And he comes to see like a little more nuanced version. Like he's still very virtuously himself, but it's symbolized in a few ways. Like he even cusses a little yeah. bit. He, he, you know? he gets jaded really. Yeah. Like you see it in
1: infinity world, uh, in infinity war, it's, it's a slightly jaded captain.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think he's he's worn down. Um
1: like there's anger there in a different way.
0: Yeah. But I think he still he still has that like core idealism. Yeah. And it's not just he, he's he's thinking a little more deeply. Like he's not yeah. just blind kind of blindly following his ideals. This is the right not thing. Not as innocent. Yeah, this is the right thing because it's the right thing. Yeah. Um, but he still has he still has his true north, you know, of um Yeah. This is, you know, he's he. It, it's kind of unspecified, but you know, he's he's said to be a, a, a Christian. You know, a, when Black Widow says, "I yeah. don't know if you want to go out there, Cap." These guys are basically gods. And he's like, "There's only one god, ma'am," and I'm pretty sure they don't act they don't dress like that. You know, yeah, talking exactly. About Thor and such a good line. <laughs> such a good line. Um, so uh, it's not too explicit his faith, but like, you know, if he's he's the one the archetype who stands right. for like, you know, kind of traditional America, then you got to believe he's a he's a Christian. Yeah. Um, but his arc culminates in him being worthy to pick up the hammer, right? Like that's the culmination of, of his character arc. And we saw along the way in Ultron, like, Oh, he can almost pick it up, but it's not until he really, he really learns to, I guess, reunite the family
1: in Mm. some ways to come
0: back to, to, to cross that divide, to go back and get and, and rescue his family and reconcile with Tony and recognize like, Oh, maybe I did <laughs> kind of screw up. Maybe, maybe I have some fault here too, but we got to band together. You know, it doesn't even matter whose fault it is. Right. right. At this point, yeah. like we just, we have bigger problems to worry about. And how often is that true? You know, with me and my wife or me and a friend or me, a, it's like, at the end of the day like, I'm sorry. You're sorry. It doesn't really matter whose fault it is like, or who's more at fault. Like, Like, we just got to get back together. We got to deal this. We're on the same team at the end of the day, right? And so Cap comes back to that. And by the end, he can wield the hammer. You know, he can wield, weird, wield Mjolnir. And the moment that he
1: does that (laughs) in the movie, like, I remember in theaters seeing that happen. It was unreal. Everyone started cheering. Mm -hmm. It was awesome.
0: Yes. Very, very epic. So, uh, Thanos... We started off with that dialogue between Thanos and Gomorrah when Thanos is explaining why he wants to kill off half the universe. and apparently he's been doing this for years, going around and killing yeah. off half the people on planets,, yeah. and then he's like, "Oh, if I get the infinity gauntlet, then I can just take care of it." right. And he did do it, you know right. Um, so you were we were talking beforehand what was the what was the term you were saying describes his like approach to good and evil?
1: Uh, utilitarian. Yeah yeah yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Explain that to us, like well, what utilitarianism? And-
1: first, before we get to that, oh, I okay. also on the note of, about him going around to different planets, he's been doing this for a long time, killing half the life on that planet. You get the sense when you hear him talk, he really believes in what he's doing, and he really mm-hmm. he has he he's conflicted. Like he hates that he has to do it, but he feels like he has to do it because it's what's right. Yeah, and you see the way he talks about it, the way his facial expressions are while he's doing the killing. There's always a lament in his face. Yeah. He doesn't take joy in it.
0: Yeah, it's like an, uh, he sees it as a quote unquote necessary evil. Yeah. yeah.
1: And he's the one distributing that evil. Mm-hmm. And it just makes me wonder where my head goes is what happened to him?
0: Because mm. there's a wound. There's there. a wound there's there, there a that
1: wound that, there. that some subconscious thing needs this vendetta that, that is so inexplicably uh, incessant in him. Like, he has to plow forward. He has to do it. Like, well,
0: because he, he explains, like, his, his um, on Titan, I think, was his planet that yeah. he was from. He oh, was that's saying, right. Right? Because he says, my we had this, he, he shows them with the, the reality stone what it used to look like. It yeah. used to be this beautiful place. And then, supposedly because of over, overpopulation and they ran out of resources, then everything fell apart. You know, and so it's out of that deep wound and that really that deep fear,
1: yeah, that he you know? lost everything, mm-hmm. and so a lot of times the evils that are whispered into our ears by the evil one they're mm-hmm. kind of masquerading as good intentions, right, mm-hmm. so there's some subconscious notion potentially of if I had to suffer this, so is everyone else, yeah mm-hmm. um masquerading, costumed as. I'm doing this for their good.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We make these vows to ourselves. You know? Yeah. Not my children. This won't happen to my children. And then you end up like manipulating them and dominating them. And, and making, making it effort. worse. Making it worse, <laughs> yeah. right? Or, you know, not in my house, not in my life. This is never happening again. A man's never going to treat me like that again. A woman's yeah. never going to treat me like that again. My parents are never going to treat me like that again. A boss is never going to treat me like that again. Um, you know, I'm never going to work for anybody again. Now I'm my own boss because of what happened. Like we, we can make these little vows, even if they're unspoken, that can be so damaging coming out of these wounds. And it seems like he, he really made a vow. Yeah. So. And,
1: and sometimes that same psychological technology of mm-hmm. those vows can be used for good. Sure. So for example, uh, actually I, I talked to Christopher about this when we, we did that episode recently. West, yeah. Um, sorry. Yeah. Christopher West. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I talked about how, when, when I start to receive those lies from the enemy or start to receive images or whatever, you know, I, I call upon the authority that we were given in our baptism, that Adam was given in the garden to mm. say, no, mm. you are not welcome here. So there's like this vow. And the way that I've ordered it to my wife, Alina, in the past is it's a choice every time about who Nick is going to be. Yes. And so that, that vow technology that we, that we use uh, sometimes unintentionally, but if we mm-hmm. harness it, yeah. it can be, that's not the kind of man I am. Mm-hmm. That's a vow I'm making. Yeah. Right, and you have to make that vow in those moments every time, yeah. Because if you don't make that vow, then the alternative is what's going to take place, mm-hmm. right? So it's a pretty interesting thing there. Um, anyway, that's digression. But
0: no, that's good. That's good because that that shows the importance of because most of the time when we have a harmful vow that we're living out of, we don't recognize that it's a vow we've made, right? Right, and so we're kind of being unconsciously led by these wounds right mm. that where we've made these unconscious subconscious vows but that's a value you chose yeah. and practiced and it's become second nature to you that's what you call a virtue right? Yep. That's that's a virtue that you've had to right. build and practice. And so that's that, why- that the, building
1: and practicing is the key. It's not yeah, an overnight yeah, choice. Yeah, it's not to, an overnight
0: yeah. choice. It needs to be built in practice and practiced and hopefully supported with with good friends yeah. and, and the church and prayer. Um, and so that's why the interior life is so important of, of prayer. St. Teresa of Avila talks about it as you're discovering your interior castle and exploring these rooms inside yourself and letting letting the king, who's the king of the castle, like show you yeah. Like what what are you made for? What are you built for? Yeah. You know, constructing that castle so you can have because what what is a castle for? It's for protection. It's for peace. Right? It protects you. What else is a castle? It's where the king lives, right? So yeah. you have this 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 castle that can protect you and also gives you interior knowledge of yourself. Um, and and a lot of times, you know, we we need a good counselor, good friends, good mentors to to really yep. help us in that um, it's not just a spiritual thing. It's not just a psychological thing. It's 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 both.
1: So, so. you asked about utilitarianism. Yeah, so yeah, yeah.
0: But that was a really good. That was really good. So I'm, I'm good. I'm glad. Yeah.
1: Glory to God. Um, so utilitarianism, to me, I'm gonna. You gave the the proper definition earlier. I'm gonna kind of describe it um, from my own personal perspective. Mm-hmm. Uh, we recently. Uh, and by recent, it's relative. A number of years ago, there were those uh, Pew studies that were done. Something like eighty-five percent of of children that receive the sacrament of confirmation leave the Catholic Church after they've received the sacrament, the first chance they get. Mm. And the, uh, there's nothing wrong with these, with with uh, reflecting on and gathering these statistics. It's valuable.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But when we make programming decisions as parishes and as organizations, and all we're thinking about is how many butts are in the pews, how mm-hmm. many, uh how many students did we lose this year, how many people are in RCIA this year. Metrics can be constructive, but they can also be distractions from the dignity of the personhood of the one person. Mm-hmm. If your RCIA class had one person in it. Yeah, that's true. What is their dignity and what is your responsibility to serve them? Yeah. And so when I talk about that 85% statistic for the sac- uh, Sacrament of Confirmation and then the kids disappear, mm-hmm. what I say is that's not a number. That's my classmates. Mm. I graduated with a class of 12 students from eighth grade. Mm-hmm. And two of the, we were a small class, so we were a close class. Mm-hmm. We were practically siblings. Since Catholic school. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Catholic school. Um, two of them have committed suicide. Wow! Uh, and I'm the only graduating Catholic that is still Catholic today, without, and that's not without having left the church for some time. Mm-hmm. By the grace of God, I've started to see another one of them at Mass recently. Mm-hmm. Wow! But, but th- I'm talking about people. Yeah. And so, to me, utilitarianism—the the evil in this—is that we, we, we. We go from thinking about the people mm-hmm. to thinking about numbers. Yeah. What is the mm-hmm. greater good we can do by the numbers? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's kind of how I would want to frame that. But mm-hmm. if you wanna
0: Well, so the other thing I was gonna say is the the problem with utilitarianism is one, who you, you you start you're you're kind of predicting the future. Like I'm gonna make this decision because the good's gonna outweigh the bad, right? And you don't really know, like you don't really know what's going to happen. You can't predict that. So you're, you're kind of just going off your best guess. The second thing is it's so easy to justify that this, that the the ends justify the means in, in whatever case, it's so easy to, to justify really awful, atrocious things. And you you look through (laughs) the great atrocities of humanity and it almost always comes down to, well, we thought that we thought the ends justified the means, you yeah. know? I mean, nobody likes slavery, but I mean, what are we going to do about it? You know, like, yeah. like our economy would fall apart and you know, the slaves wouldn't know how to run themselves. You know, they wouldn't know. It's a good thing that we have them as, you know, and you, you can, you can take a look at every, every major human rights crisis in history and it's been justified yeah. through that line of thinking. Now, um, cap and i think I think this is this is part of his growth because the Catholic Church does reject um utilitarianism and consequentialism as just kind of like the greatest good for the greatest amount of people and and rather focuses on the common good right not just what's good for for most people but actually what's what's good for humanity as a whole with a preferential option for how it affects the most marginalized yeah so um like a special focus on how it's going to affect the most vulnerable among us but neither does the church say we should have unthinking idealism like we have with cap at the beginning. Like we do have to look at the consequences. We do need to look at the metrics. We do need to look at the numbers and the church in her wisdom so that when you're evaluating a moral act, you need to look at three things. You look at the act itself. Is this act like in, in our ideal, you know, look at the Bible and the 10 commandments and everything that Jesus said and the statements of the popes. Like, is this act just like intrinsically evil in of itself? Is it the sort of thing that is just goes against the laws of God and the laws of nature, like murdering an innocent person, right? Um, you know, cheating on your spouse, like those, those, are, those are always and everywhere wrong. There's nothing that can justify them, mm-hmm. you know. And there's there's a number of things through church teaching that are intrinsically evil, you know. Or does it come to kind, down kinda to your intention? Like some some things done that on the surface are good, but done with the wrong intention. If they're self-serving, yeah. done out of fear, they can be bad. Or but then if they're done with the right intention can be, can be, can be totally good. And then something that on the surface looks good and done with the right intention. If you haven't evaluated the consequences yeah. of it, like it can still be really unwise, really, really hurtful. You know, if you don't, consider the consequences. So the church tries to have a holistic view of how to solve these social problems of you got to look at, does it fit the ideals of our faith and the ideals of the the natural law of just like what makes sense? Like look back through human history and, 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 and see if this has worked out in the past. And then the intention, what's your intention here? And then well, you know, our best prediction of what the consequences could be. So,
1: yeah, so I, I took a philosophy class in college, which is actually the first time I was exposed to the idea of utilitarianism. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't a faithful person when I took this class. Uh-huh. But something about the notion of it, like rubbed me the wrong way. and mm-hmm. And what I was seeing is that it was all, it, it kind of removed the humanity from the equation, from the question, because it was it was more about utility. I yeah. mean, literally. And so, what what the wisdom, the insight that we gain from our faith as we navigate interactions with each other, like a friendship, uh, a marriage, um, whatever it is, a coworker, when we are overly focused on the utility of that relationship. <sighs> rather than just being present to that person offering our making a gift of ourselves to that person Mm -hmm. not what can i get out of this what is the utility in my life Mm -hmm. um and so we have to be cautious about about this question of like and that's why i brought up the example about um you know my classmates and and the the statistic and stuff is because when there's an overemphasis on the numbers we really lose sight of the humanity in it and and that's why i went there is, is that that's what i was seeing in this class it was all about Ratios. How? What's the greater number of people? How will they be uh, benefit best from this thing or that thing? And there's a much bigger question at play. If 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 utility and and the numbers and and the metrics were our gauge for whether or not th- something is working, mm-hmm. Christ's bread of life discourse did not work.
0: Mm. Okay, Un- unpack this for us
1: in the Gospel of John, chapter six, mm-hmm. verse sixty-six.
0: Six six six. Yep.
1: Um, <laughs> Christ has been telling these people, I am the bread of life. Mm. Those who eat me will live forever. Those who drink my blood will live forever. Um, and he's giving them this huge thing and he goes, he hammers it home. And, but it gets to the point where any, any reasonable teacher or rabbi, if it were a metaphor, would have been like, yo, it's a metaphor. Don't run away. Mm. But in the gospel of John chapter 6, verse 66, it literally says Christ lets the crowds walk away.
0: Yeah. And he says my 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 flesh is true, true food. food and my drink is true or my blood is true drink. Right. And not just that you have to eat my flesh, you have to like chew and munch right. on my yeah. flesh. Yeah, the,
1: the, the word is gnaw, actually. Yeah. yeah. Uh and so but but anyways, if if metrics, if numbers are how we're supposed to be measuring our our success, and we should talk about the word success, um, then the bread of life discourse didn't work. Yeah, and a lot of people left. Right, but it was the truth, and that's what was delivered nonetheless, because yeah. Christ was faithful to the Father and and to the truth. And so that's why I'm reticent to focus on the numbers as much, the metrics as much, because God doesn't call... I think it was, was it Mother Teresa that said, God doesn't call us to success. He calls us to faithfulness, mm. right. right? Yeah, I remember hearing that. Yeah. So, So I don't believe in the metric metrics are good for donors yeah metrics are good if you're trying to get donors to donate yeah not they're not good for being faithful to god speaking of which you can
0: go become a patron at (laughs) popculturecatechism.com yeah (laughs) but
1: but so tying this into um to what's his face the purple guy Thanos (laughs) Thanos, sorry Barney I'm so in like my (laughs) churchy mindset now
0: that's good because because Thanos he's all about the greater good it's a small price to pay for salvation, he tells it, it, Gamora. Gomora, you know, the, the universe is finite. Its resources are finite. And so, like, the people need to be finite. The people can't be infinite. Like, so we need to, we need to call the herd, basically. But I love what Cap says when, when we go to, when they, when he goes to wrestle, rescue Vision and Black Widow, and Vision's like, leave me because he's been stabbed through with that spear. Yeah. Cap says, we don't trade lives we don't trade lives. It's uh, not about the numbers. It's about the individual. Yeah. Right. And, and how many times have we heard justifications for all sorts of things where uh, people say, well, yeah, that's, yeah, it's, it's kind of a necessary evil, you know, and this can, this can be in terms of, uh, things, things with abortion. It can euthanasia. be in terms of things, euthanasia. It can be in terms of like, um, you know, immigration and, 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 and guns and those sorts of things. Uh, but. So many people are willing to justify pretty awful things by, well, that's, it's practical.
1: Always someone else's blood, always mm, someone else's life.
0: Yeah. Which is what Th- you were pointing this out to me before. That's what Thanos and his crew, Yeah, they're always sacrificing someone,
1: someone else. else. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So the, um, I, I, I can't remember her name, but the, the, the woman henchman with like the horns on her eyes. Yeah. Yeah. She's talking to black Panther, um, it They're
1: lining up on the field of Wakanda for battle. Oh,
0: yeah. And he's like, he's like, you are in Wakanda now, and you will find nothing here but dust and blood. And she's, that she was says, a great Chadwick Boseman really? for the first half I, of that. Uh, yeah. For the first half. Yeah. I've <laughs> lost it halfway through. Yeah. Anyway, go ahead. God rest his soul. So, so then, so then she responds. Yeah. We have,
1: we have, uh, Plenty of blood to spare, yeah. plenty of blood to spill or something. Like, in other words, she was saying our soldiers are dispensable to yes, us. Exactly. We don't yeah. care about them. We just want to win. Mm-hmm.
0: And Thanos, with his own daughter, goes to retrieve the soul stone. Yep. And he has to trade a soul for a soul.
1: And it has to be so- someone he loves. He loves, right? And she thought she thought he was screwed. Mm-hmm. She starts laughing at him. Because
0: he doesn't love anybody.
1: He, She was wrong. Mm-hmm.
0: Because he loved her. But notice he doesn't, he, he could have sacrificed himself and let Gomorrah get the soul stone, but he didn't. Yeah. He sacrificed her or him, mm-hmm. right? Because it's for the greater good.
1: And all throughout the movie, the good guys, the Avengers, mm-hmm. are all clamoring for an opportunity to sacrifice themselves for the great—not not out of some vanity or pride, but like at every turn, when there seems like a, an, an inkling of an opportunity that by sacrificing themselves they could save the day, they are so willing to do it. They're willing to show up.
0: Well, and because when Black Widow and Hawkeye go back to retrieve the Soul Stone, when they go back in time. Yeah.
1: They start, They're literally they start fighting. Literally to...
0: <laughs> fighting for like who gets to jump off the cliff and die. Yeah. Right. Um, they're fighting for a chance to sacrifice themselves rather than yeah. to sacrifice the other. It's such a juxtaposition. Gamora
1: tells Star Lord, "If Thanos captures me, kill me." Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so why? Me. Why? Because she knew where the Soul Stone was, and she didn't want Thanos to get that knowledge. But
0: because Star Lord is a hero,
1: he can't do it. No? Right. Yeah. yeah. Although he
0: does he does pull the trigger. He
1: tries, but, but he- This but, is like
0: the JP2 situation we were talking about Yeah, it then. is. It is.
1: <laughs> but literally, as as he's holding the gun up, because he, he got the gun up to shoot Thanos, yeah, not to shoot uh-huh. her, but as he's holding the gun up, she says to him, it's okay. Yeah. I love you. This uh-huh. is the right thing to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love you more than anything. Yeah. Do it. Um, yeah. Oh, my God. It's so powerful. Like, at every turn, there is self-sacrifice in that movie. Mm-hmm. Um. Man. And, and it's such a stark contrast to to how readily the evil is willing to disregard any semblance of dignity, even for the other people on their own side. Yeah. Mm-hmm. As long as they get their end.
0: Yeah, as long as they get their end.
1: And Thanos was willing to sacrifice his own daughter Whoa. to get what he wanted out of life. Man. And I think you know where I'm going with that. <laughs>
0: Go there, go there. Well,
1: were he a woman, and mm-hmm. were he pregnant, mm-hmm. and sacrificing the child in her womb would have meant getting the soul stone, he mm-hmm. would have done so.
0: Oh, oh, that's not where I thought you were going to go.
1: Sacrificing that's, your yeah, own child true. for your own aspiration? Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah or for, or in, in some. Uh, or for the the good of your family or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's very easy to justify. And so much of the world tells you that's the smart decision. Right. You use your head. Do the smart thing. Right. When a woman is considering abortion and somebody tells her to do the smart thing, what are they telling her to do? They're telling her to kill her child, as if that's smart. Right. And, and this isn't in judgment on anyone who's listening. That no, of course that, not. That you know, we like we have nothing but love for you, but also at the same time, <laughs> I think it's I think it's the responsibility of 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 christians to say like the culture is lying to you in this instance if it tells you what's the smart thing and, and like, just, no Thanos we don't trade lives
1: right just just so what, what 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 mike just said about we love you like just to put some substance behind that we're talking about Thanos the big bad mm-hmm. of the entire saga of movies mm-hmm. that is 20 something long or whatever it is mm-hmm. We're talking about that guy. Yeah, yeah, And I said earlier in the episode, my first thought was, what happened to him? Yeah. Right? It's one of compassion towards him. It's yeah. one of understanding he was wounded by someone. And yeah. if you are in that position where you are discerning abortion, you have discerned it, and maybe even you did it, mm-hmm. the first reaction from us is compassion. It's mm-hmm. like, man, what happened? I'm yeah. so sorry that that happened. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So just and there's, to,
0: and there's forgiveness and healing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For for sure. I, I there somebody posted a meme of Thanos like throwing himself on the feet of Jesus, like right when this movie came out. And I like <laughs> what? Yeah, it was like a cartoon drawing of Thanos like crouching at Jesus' feet. And it like it really touched my heart. It really did. I'll see if I can find it. Um, but yeah, I was like, Man, that's that's awesome. That would be so cool, you that's know. Oh, Thanos, man. Thanos is very relatable in a lot of ways. Yeah. Like he makes a great villain. Um like and in, in like his his devotion and his attraction he's, he's very St. Paul in a lot of ways, you know? Like St. Paul pre-conversion, you know, he has yeah. this kind of like radical fire for what he believes, but he's just he's a little off, you know? And, and yeah. that's if you go back to like the Hebrew of of what the word sin means, it means to miss the mark. Yeah, right. It's not like evil sinner burn forever and ever. What it means is like if you're shooting at a target. You just you, you miss the mark. You know. Yeah. And as, as I always say, I, I truly believe everyone's trying, or they're at least trying to try their best. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and
1: it's very. We were talking earlier today before this episode about how a lot of these spiritual realities that we talk about are are really also just acknowledgments of practical tangible realities. Mm-hmm. So when we miss the mark with sin, like it's not about being smited or mm-hmm. punished as much as it's, that's messing you up. Yeah. Right. So let's say I miss the mark with my keto diet, which mm-hmm. I did earlier tonight, mm-hmm. a practical, tangible result <laughs> of that sin, mm-hmm. that missing the mark is going to be that my butt's going to jiggle a little more.
0: <laughs> Praise God for that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> Inappropriate. Um, Yeah, but you're right. Like, we, a lot of times we... Like, I always think of it in terms of, like, if I tell my daughter, don't touch the stove because you'll get burned, when she touches the stove and gets burned she's received a punishment, right? but it's not because I took her hand and burned her on the stove with it, right? It's it was just, her own choice. It was her own choice. And I, I'm just, I, the rule was not to be mean or controlling or take away her freedom, but to protect her. Uh, and my, my good friend, uh, Franciscans represent Friar Matt Foley. He always says, sin makes you sad, selfish, and stupid. That's great. Because it hurts us, right? It hurts other people and it hurts us. Um, I Oh, I forget what else what I was gonna say about Thanos. Um, But uh, of course, Tony at the end, like sacrifices himself. And that's, that's what saves everyone is this great act of self-sacrifice. It's, you know, it's,
1: well, it was the teamwork. Like it was the coming together, the healing and mending of those relationships that led to that possibility. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. And Hulk, Hulk before that is like, I should be the one to do it because I'm the one that can handle it. You know? Yeah. And Thor is like, I can do it. And they're like, buddy, (laughs) Like, normally, yeah, but, like, right now. <laughs> yeah. This
1: is, like, the massive beer gut version of yeah. Thor.
0: Yeah, we do a do a, a Thor. There's there's lots of cool stuff in Thor's it's arc so I true. want to talk about. I want to do a Thor episode at some point. But uh,
1: anyway. You need to find someone that looks like Thor. There's so many out there. Mm-hmm. Just That'll be great. So many? <laughs> yeah. Actually, I met a guy. I forget where or when, but uh, he he had that, like, real Viking look to him, mm-hmm. and his name was Thor. Wow. Yeah.
0: How about that? parents got that one right oh yeah well done nailed it good choices nailed it (laughs) (laughs) all right so i told my listeners at the beginning that we were going to leave them with some practical tangible tips for how to live the gospel so thinking through everything we've just talked about what's uh what's your takeaway
1: from this episode do not endeavor to gather all of the infinity stones and put them into a golden gauntlet with little recessed pockets for them no um very practical <laughs> <laughs> you're already doing it you're already doing my recommendation Success. um i i think when we consider humanity as a whole but then in the, as a micro but in the micro what did i just say micro and micro mm-hmm. in the macro and then that's the, all of humanity in the micro passing someone in the grocery store passing a homeless person on the sidewalk mm-hmm. Consider that they aren't a statistic, they aren't just a number, uh, a, you know, ticking uh, the total population of the human race. They're a person with immense dignity mm. that is meant to be a partaker in the divine Trinitarian life in heaven for all of eternity with yeah. you and with me and with all of us, God we pray. Mm-hmm. Um, You know, Thomas Merton stood on the side of a a street corner and looked around at everyone and said they're all shining like the sun i Mm. wish i wish they knew that they're all shining like the sun um if we could step outside of our self-centered self-referential existences and see the glory in in others and live our lives for them, and be willing to not pretend we didn't make eye contact with the person that we're passing in the in the mm-hmm. the aisle at the grocery store. Pretend we didn't make eye contact with the homeless person, but just engage with them, yeah. even say hi, or just say, "Hey, is there anything I can pray for in your life?" You know, like mm-hmm. just interact with them, show them love. Like I think the opposite of Thanos is humanizing everyone you encounter. Mm. That's my perspective.
0: Yeah, for sure. Boom, I love it. Um, and I would say. I just love Steve Rogers. I think he's, it's so refreshing to get kind of an archetypal hero again, like in, in, in classic fantasy and in classic literature, the heroes are archetypes, you know, yeah. it's, it's Aragorn who is just like noble through and through. And that doesn't come as, through as much in the, in the movies as much as in the books, but it's, uh, you know, Peter from the Chronicles of Narnia yeah. is like these archetypes who like we can look to and like model ourselves after. I mean, Jesus is the archetype, you know, for the human race. And we don't get a lot of those. We get, we get a lot of anti heroes like Tony. We get a lot of, you know, realistic, gritty, you know, like Batman's always getting grittier and more mm-hmm. realistic and, and more <laughs> broken and troubled. And, and, and I love that stuff too. But it's it's so refreshing in this day and age to have a real archetypal, hero captain america like somebody i can like i could believe in you know and uh yeah so i just i think it it inspires me to like try to be that idealistic person like even when nobody's watching even if nobody's gonna find out i'm gonna do the right thing kind of like what you were saying like is this the sort of man i want to be is this Mm. the sort of person Mm. i want to be even if nobody knows yeah what sort of person do i want to be yeah and is this making me that sort of person amen you know so,
1: um, I think the real question in this is what did you look like before taking the super soldier serum?
0: <laughs> Every time we're together, Nick always comments on my muscles and tells me how sexy I am, which I appreciate and makes me feel really validated. So, uh, thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> Very good. All right. So Nick, would you, uh, close us in prayer? I would be awesome. happy to. Listeners, wherever you are, let's take a moment to pause and pray.
1: In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Good and gracious God, thank you so much for the gift of life, for the gift of every life, for the gift of the life that we see in nature, in, in trees, and flowers, in wildlife. Thank you for every human life, most of all. Help us to be present to the dignity that we encounter when we encounter any person whether it's our spouse, our children, our friends, a stranger, help us to be you for them and see you in them. Help us to not take each other for granted. Help us to not want to use each other to f- discover the utility in each other, but rather to discover the dignity in each other, to see with your eyes your creation. We pray all of this in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.
0: And I want to pray in a special way, just add on to that for anyone who, uh, has been hurt, mm. abused, even by themselves or their yeah. reactions. We we spoke about, um, we know women who are considering abortion or have had abortions. Um, but really for, for any listener out there that right now that like, if there, there are some, some wounds in your life, there are some regrets in your life. I just, I really want to pray for you and ask the Holy spirit to come upon you and give you peace and um, I just ask that all of us can be open to receiving that peace, and that goes for my own heart too. Amen. 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 All right, Nick. Thank you so much for being here, thank you for you. Welcome me into your house. You welcome me in my, into your ministry and your studio. Like your your friendship has been such such a blessing to me in in so many ways. Um, same not is true. To, over and here. not just the utility of being friends with like a super <laughs> super talented guy. Yeah. Wait also, a second. <laughs> but also just uh, for who you are, I'm a, I'm a I'm a better man for being your friend. So thank you, man. Thank Same you. here. Your yes helps me say yes. So Glory to God. All right, so uh, listeners, if this episode touched you, if you, it made you think of somebody, if there's somebody in your life that you know loves Marvel, or just you think would benefit from watching this, I give you a little challenge to send this to them. Send it to them in a text or an email, take a screenshot. You don't have to post it on your socials everywhere if you don't want to, but just send it to one person that you think would really, really benefit. From that, And that's a little way that you can spread the gospel, but also it helps us out. That's mainly how this show grows is just one person at a time. Somebody says, hey, this made me think of you. And I just think that is so, so beautiful. If you want to help us out in a bigger way, you can, as we've said several times, go to popculturecatechism.com and become a patron. There's one of six giving levels where you can you know, pick your perks and pick the dollar amount that fits your monthly budget or your monthly tithe. And then you get exclusive content, all the talks I do in my parish missions and, and my speaking Ministry and then also bonus content that we produce in addition to these shows goes in there as well. And you can get all that through the Awaken Catholic app. And I want to give uh, let you know about the Awaken Catholic app because it's getting this like beautiful new reboot. Nick's been working like super hard on it. We're like really excited about it coming out. Um, and so it's also a free app for everyone. It's kind of a a hub for a Catholic Christian community. It's got a prayer library, got a Christian music library. It's also the hub for all the shows on Awaken. And then if you are also a patron then you get all your patron exclusive content through there as well we sometimes call it the catholic swiss army knife app you know? yeah. <laughs> it's got a little bit of everything and it's and after it rolls out it's gonna have even more stuff
1: oh it's right? gonna be it's ridiculous gonna be awesome. yeah
0: so we can't really talk about everything yet but yeah. uh it's gonna be awesome so thank you so much if you need some good catholic swag like nick is wearing here or like, i don't think we have any mugs around but we got mugs too go to oh, catholicmerch.store yeah. and you can get some some fresh looking drip For yourself.
1: (laughs) I can't keep up with these terms.
0: I I was probably a few years old by this point. I'm I'm not not hip anymore. It's been a while. All right, listeners, uh, we love you a lot. Thank you so much for being with us, and we'll see you next time.